0: I'm Jerry Steele, and you're listening to the mismic Bookworm Podcast, a place for Christian women who write fiction to tell God's big story through our smaller ones. Today, I'm sitting down with L. Ann Brown. I saw where you'd said you discovered you loved to read when you were 32.
1: So yes. So how did you discover that and walk us through kind of how you then got to write? Okay, awesome. So... A couple years back, when I was 32, a woman started attending our church, and she told us that she was a self-published Christian romance author. And I had never really read before that. Um, I just didn't—I would joke that I didn't like reading. I would say I read my Bible because I had to, because I was a Christian. (laughs) But other than that, I did not enjoy reading. Um, But for some reason, it was like—it seemed like a way to connect with her and learn more about her. So I was kind of—my interest was piqued, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to read your books. And so I read one of hers and just loved it, and I don't know if it was because it was the, you know, Christian theme with the romance that I was really able to just to just dial in and enjoy. Um, but I read it, and then I read her backlist after that. And so then I realized that it just wasn't so much I didn't like reading, it's just maybe what I had read in school was not what I enjoyed, or I was like forced upon me to read. Um, And then I just kind of went down a rabbit hole where I was like, well, I liked this movie trilogy. Maybe I'll like those books. And so I just started reading anything that I already knew I might like. Um, But still, in the grand scheme of things, I'm very behind. People think that because I'm an author, like I've read all the classics and I'm like, oh, nope, don't know that, you know, haven't read much of that. Um, And so, but yes, so that's why I kind of started reading later in life, um, but I feel like I'm playing catch up now. I just wanna like get everything I can and I'm definitely a binge reader. So if people have a backlist, I'm there, I'm going and I'm getting everything that I can. So
0: <laughs> I love that, I love that. So what made you then
1: wanna take that newfound love of reading and turn it into writing? Sure, so um, I actually dabbled with writing um, starting, I did college, I didn't finish college, but I you know, did pretty well in English. I was always in advanced English in high school. Um, and then when my husband and I were youth pastoring um, in the early 2000s, um, we would do dinner theaters to raise money for camp. And so I would write two-act plays. And so we would have the whole team, like, you know, different themes. Uh, we did uh, di- five different ones over the years. And so I would write those to do a dinner theater. We'd do act one and then serve everybody dinner and then do act two. And it was just so much fun. So I had written, and then I would write for our church's newsletter and things like that. Um, but I had never written anything like that large scale. I mean, the two act plays were, were more than a newsletter, but I still hadn't written anything as far as like a novel or a manuscript. And so um, it was always something I enjoyed. It'd be a creative outlet. I would, you know, try to make a funny story about my morning being chaotic. And I would be like, let me tell you, you know, about my story on Facebook. And I would try to make it real funny and colorful. And people would tell me, you should write, you should write. But I was just kind of like, no, nah. you know, I had little kids or we were starting a church and it just never really kind of fit together. But um, it was after I had read this these books from my friend, and I thought, you know, if she could do this, maybe I could do this. And so I kind of just went for it, and she kind of was my mentor and helped me and looked over my book and gave me a lot of the pointers that she had already picked up over her years. And so I just kind of—that was in 2017, and then I published my first book in 2018.
0: Oh, that's incredible. And I love that you had, a like, a built-in mentor right yes. there, too. Yes. It right was there.
1: very, yeah. very— Very good for me because I know I probably would have procrastinated or just left it on my computer and not really done with anything, but the fact that I could. Ask her a question and she would be like, "Yes, do this." I was like, "Okay," you know, and I just I just went with it. So it really helped me out a lot. That's so cool, and that all leads into my next question too, because you are
0: quite busy. You're a mom. <laughs> you uh, we're actually recording today in your church, yes. which is a beautiful building, and I'm so excited to be recording in person. So thank yeah. you for inviting I'm me over. Um, but yeah, so you have a lot on your plate and have for a while. In that quintessential question, how do you find
1: the time to write? How yes. what does that look like? For okay, you? so. Interestingly enough, when I first started writing, I was still um, like running a small home bakery. Um, And I say small because it was it was just as much as I wanted to do. So um, I would make, you know, birthday cakes and wedding cakes and baby shower cakes and graduate, you know, cookies and this and this and that. Um, And that was just a, a way to have my creative outlet. But then whenever I kind of started writing, that became my creative outlet. And I really had to look, okay, which one of these do I want to give my time to? So I stopped all the baking stuff and i just dove into writing and when i first started writing in 2017 um i had two in elementary school and two at home um and so i would just sit down and write what i could i actually have a picture that came up on my time hop a while back that i was sitting at the computer desk and my two younger kids were probably 4 and 2 at the time i think they were under like it was a fort they were under the desk with like blankets and pillows and i was just writing while they were under the desk but i would just try to squeeze time in when i could or Um, One thing I would do is if I had an idea, I would pull pull out my phone and just make some notes or write a scene on my phone so that I wouldn't forget it. Um, And I would just kind of do it whenever I could. I really have tried to not write too much after my husband gets home from work because I feel like I'm I'm working nonstop. And, you know, like I want him to come home and check out of work and be in the family mode. So I've tried to do the same for myself. Um, But really, I would just try to get it done whenever I could. Um, I'm a part of an author's critique group. Um, And one of the ladies in there said, you know, even if you write 500 words a day, like, don't try to feel like you have to sit down for six hours if you have another job on top of this or you're a mom. Like, it's just not realistic to put the, you know, the pressure on yourself to write as much as somebody who's – that's their only job. Um, And so that really helped me. So I just – I write when I can. I jot down ideas so that I don't forget them. And um, I just don't give myself too hard of a time if I'm not, you know, like – meeting some standard that is fictional in my own head. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, because it is, it is a constant challenge for so
0: many of us. And um, so I'm curious, you mentioned the Writer's Critique group. How did you
1: find that? So through the same friend that was the author mentor, um, she, whenever I was like, give me more, I need to read more, um, she mentioned Becky Wade to me. Um, and at the time, she was doing um, uh, the Bradford Sisters series. And she's like, this book is great. You'll like this one. So she gave it to me and I read it and I loved it. And then I think the second book was already about to come out. So then I read that one and then I found Becky Wade on social media and I just started following her. And then for one of the next books, she opened up a launch group. So I applied to go to that launch, into that launch group, and I got accepted. And it's so funny because I was like happy dancing in my living room like this author that I've read knows who I am, you know, and so it was so exciting to get to join that. So then I kind of made the connection through her launch group, which was I think about 70, 80 people, and it was all like virtual through um, Discord app. So I still at that point had never like met her. Um, And then she posted one time on social media about this group that she had of critique authors. And so I just kind of got the courage and I messaged her and I was like, is this like a open group, or you know, like what? How does this work? And she kind of already knew me from the the book launch, so that helped me, I think, a little bit. Um, and she said, "No, unfortunately, this is a group that's been going for like four years. You know, where we don't, we're not adding in people." And I said, "Okay, that's fine." She said, "But if sometimes if somebody can't be there, you know, you can be like a substitute if you would be interested." And I said, "Absolutely." So. Um, one time she messaged me and she was like, We have an opening. Would you like to come? And I was like, Absolutely. And so she kind of told me the protocol. And um, it was I think we bring it just depends on how many people are there, five to seven pages of something we're working on. And then we kind of split into two groups, or one group if it's a small, and then you read everybody else's and kind of give them pointers and whatnot. And so um, I was a substitute in that group, I think about three or four times before that group kind of morphed into two groups, and I became part of the second group. And so Um, I've really enjoyed being a part of that. It's Becky Wade and Lynn Gentry that lead that group, um, and it's in Dallas. And um, we meet once a month and take our pages and just learn from each other. And they also, one of them, will give like a lesson each time, like, you know, these are ways to build your plot and, you know, all this stuff. Keep your reader staying up till midnight, right? So like all these things. And so it's been super cool for me to have that outlet from experienced and award-winning authors to really just glean from everything they say. So that's really really been awesome. I think um, I've been going to that for like two, maybe three years now. So that's been really awesome.
0: Okay. Well, very good. Um, We'll say you've written across a variety of genres. And do you have a favorite or one that you feel like you fit in most? Or do you really enjoy the variety and kind of see that
1: continuing for you? Sure. So funny enough, when I first started, like I said, I didn't really know anything. So I was writing in genres, or saying I was writing in a genre and I really wasn't. And I didn't realize how many there were. I didn't realize that even there's like subgenres inside of genres. And so I'm like out there saying that my book is um, young adult. And then, and then somebody's like, no, young adult is not really in the early twenties. It's really, you know, like 18 and under. And I'm like, well, then mine's not young adult, you know? So, and then Amazon has their categories that they do it through. And whenever I was trying to query several years back, um, an agent told me, well, that term sweet and clean romance is offensive because, you know, you shouldn't call it that. And, and I'm like, well, that's what Amazon, you know, so I've just been like trying to swim in an ocean, right? Like a tadpole. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I would say that all of my stories have a love story in them. Um, and in that, I'm always going to do a clean love story because I want, I want everybody to be able to read it and not feel like it's inappropriate or they're embarrassed or they couldn't recommend it to a friend. And like, you know, why are you reading that? Um, and, and in all honesty, being a pastor, I have to make sure that everything I put out is something that I wouldn't, that I would um, like if somebody was living in sin and I would be like, hey, you know what? Let's look back to the Bible. Should you be doing this? I'm not going to put that in my book that my characters are living in sin whenever I have standards in my own life. Um, so that also plays a big factor. Um, but also, predominantly what I read is sweet and clean romance or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I also have like the guilty pleasure of like the dystopians and, you know, like the Hunger Games and all those type of books. So I had this idea for a dystopian. I don't know if I'll keep visiting that genre more. Um, I do kind of have an idea that that book could be made into at least a two book series. Um, but it was kind of like I just had to get that book out of my system because it was kind of sitting there. But it is the only one for the most part that, that varies from the other ones. The other ones would all mostly fall under, like, inspirational romance or sweet and clean romance. Um, that's the only one. But it still has a love story in it because I was like, I just realized, like, anything I ever write, it's going to have a love story
0: in it. <laughs> that's the same for me. I had written... Three um, kind of basic inspirational romance sort of stories. And then I was like, I want to do a suspense, like just a straight up suspense, like a mystery kind of thing. And I got I, not even halfway into it. And like the love story piece came, cre- you know, creeping in. And I was like, is there such a thing as a suspenseful romance? Yes, and apparently, apparently yes, there, there is. is so drama, I was like, yeah. yes, So <laughs> this is what I'm writing. I didn't mean to, but I can't get away from yeah, it. Yeah, there but, you go. Um, well, that's so fun. Well, I always love to hear from authors how your faith informs your fiction, and you just touched on that a little bit, but then also how your writing kind of um, informs your faith as well.
1: Yeah. So I set out when I first started writing that very first book, and I knew it would be a series from the get-go, but I said, I don't want to only put my book out through Christian fiction because if I'm going to plant seeds for the gospel, I don't want people who already know the gospel to be the only ones who are getting that. And so I knew that if I if I just kind of went sweet and clean or, or whatever, it might be that people who did need to hear the gospel would get it um, because I knew, you know, I think we get so, people who've grown up in church, they're just so used to it being second nature. But, you know, like even the fact that putting a prayer in your book, even if it's super short, not even a, you know, a whole paragraph or whatever, that might be the most exposure that some people are getting to prayer ever. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that people who, who needed to be introduced you know even if it was just a seed to the gospel um that it could reach them and so that's kind of why i have never fully branded myself 100% as a christian author because i wanted to make sure that people who i felt needed to hear the story that i was putting out would would read it but likewise it's always going to be christian minded because i'm a christian person and so whatever i write is going to be filtered through my personal beliefs and and I've seen that even some books that I've read, like especially enjoying the dystopian thing. You'll see you'll see authors that um, they have their own agendas and it's filtering into their book. And I'll be like, ugh, you know, and I'll just kind of start skimming through, but it's what happens, right? Like you, your beliefs and how you do your life, it's gonna leak out into the pages. And so I hope that when people are reading my stories that that it's uplifting and encouraging. And even if it's not like an actual quoted scripture, sometimes I have, sometimes I'll just kind of allude to things that it'll, it'll be life-giving to whoever reads it.
0: That's so nice.
1: Well, tell us about what you're going to be sharing. Yes. So this is actually uh, my best-selling book. It's called Out of Sight, Out of Mind. Um, and the only reason I could think that it has done better than the other ones is because I did a free short story to be like a reader magnet. Um, and so the first, I think, three chapters of this are available on Kindle for free. And so the only thing I could think of is that they've started reading it and then they wanted to read it, which was the point. So I'm like, I guess it worked. Um, But, yes, so this is a story um, about high school sweethearts that lost track of each other and then happened to run back into each other. And we'll get to that in the next episode. Tell us where we can find you online and um, anything else you'd like to share and we'll wrap it up. Sure. So, I'm mostly on Instagram, um, and my name is L Ann Brown, E L L E A N N B R O W N. I have a Facebook page, but I'm horrible at remembering to update that one. And so, definitely, if you're wanting to connect with me, Instagram would be the place to do it. I also have a website, same name, lnbrown.com. I'm on Facebook personally, not my pin name, Leslie Brown. I'm on there a lot. Um, but yeah, those are the main re- ways that you can reach out to me or find me on social media. And I love to connect to people. Um, there's nothing better than, you know, somebody reads your stuff and then they message you like, I really like that. You know, because it it makes it takes the isolated writing into like the, you know, wow, people are actually reading, <laughs> reading my book that I work so hard on. So I love to connect with people. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much.